1: This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their backstory, get the most important
0: lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in
1: your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Welcome back to Action and Ambition. I'm your host, Andrew Metal. Today's guest is DJ Mick, who used music to propel his career. He has spun private events for some of the world's most prominent celebrities, brands, tech companies, and philanthropic organizations, including Beyonce, Bravo, Cadillac, Gary V, Hillary Clinton, HBO, Instagram, Jay-Z, Jimmy Kimmel, LeBron, Michelle Obama, And the list goes on. Through his influence, he has become the center of everything relevant in tech and culture and has used his brand to create massive opportunity, which has resulted in a strong portfolio of angel investments he's made along the way. Let's get to it. So you grew up in uh, oh, Ohio, man. yeah, and uh, you went to school in Ohio, right? Yeah, I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio, which is like between,
0: it's like I think it's between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. I don't know yeah. why, but, uh, it's just like, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm really glad I'm from there. It's a great, gritty, small town. It, like, kind of gave me um, value, good values, good, you yeah. know, hustle. I left there when I was 18. I moved to Cleveland to go to college. Um, stayed there for. Twelve years, long time. Um, and went to college there, I went to grad school there. And while I was there, this whole DJing thing kind of fell into my lap, and and it was your side gig. Right? Yeah, it was. It was just a hobby in college. It yeah. was just a way to like meet girls and just like, and make <laughs> some extra money. Um, How were you getting paid? Were you selling uh yeah yeah, uh yeah, yeah, it was great. That's and the cool. gigs, like you know, people paying yeah, me, yeah, pay yeah. me to DJ, and then the mixtape thing came out of that. And uh, it was great. It was a great hustle. I mean, I used it to pay for grad school. Like my grad school was a thousand percent paid for by DJing and mixing. Oh, that's cool. You yeah, know, it's kind of awesome.
1: And so, how did you make that transition then? From like, yo, this is a cool side thing. I'm like making some extra cash. Actually, like full blown. This is what I'm doing. How do you make that like leap? Um, or did it just? Man, naturally I didn't. Involved? It wasn't intentional. I finished college in 2000.
0: Uh, I When I finished college, I just didn't want to go get a job. So I went to grad school and I was like, I'm just going to DJ for fun, go to school. And just kind of like, you know, prolong my life a little bit or like, you know, sabbatical my life. Yeah. And um, then I finished that in 05. And that's the point where I was kind of like, there's something here. There's something here I didn't realize was here. There's like all this intelligence and all this education and all this stuff that, that I learned and, that I've, and it was in me. But there was also this whole music, creative kind of stuff that was going on. It wasn't there when I was in college because it wasn't as developed, and I was like maybe in lieu of going into a a 9-5 to world or going just joining up corporate America and being like everybody else, maybe maybe I could just take this a little further and see how far it goes. Because it was at the point where it was going well, and I was traveling a little bit, and I had a lot of great relationships, and it was kind of like one of those situations where I didn't want to look back with regret. And I didn't want to be like, how many people are in their dorm rooms or their bedrooms DJing and wishing they could have a gig anywhere? And I was at the point where I was like at the tipping point where I was like the best or not the best, but I was like the biggest DJ in Cleveland. There were people better than me, but I was smarter than them. Yeah. So like smart wins over talent, which is an interesting um, thing I've taken with me throughout my whole career because there's always somebody better than you. Right. But it's like, what are you doing with that? to make yourself like, you know, relevant. Like there's, a, there's somebody better than everybody. There's a better heart surgeon. There's a better astronaut. For sure. But if nobody knows, it doesn't matter. Unless you just want to be in your room all day doing that. So I was able to kind of, I didn't want to look back at my life and say, hey, you made it this far. Damn, what, what if? Because so many people would have killed just to have made it that far. And so um, that's what I did. So I kind of just took a couple years and really focused on building my brand, which is drastically different than the brand I have now. I've had a few different rebrands, kind of all getting me back to like the core of who I am. But of course, who we are as people always change. So you have to kind of continually yeah. rebrand yourself and try to keep your compass like facing the true north, if you will, but it's just like your north changes. You know? yeah. You're not the same person you were 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it's just nobody is. And if you are, it's kind of weird, you know? Yeah. And I don't mean like your morals particularly change, but it's just like you're, your goals, your aspirations, your dreams change, and you have to keep growing with that. So that happened. And uh, then when, I'm fast forwarding a little bit, when I was almost 30, um, I moved to New York and said, I had that same kind of moment, like I made it this far again, let me try try to take another leap and see if I could move to the biggest stage in the world and try to really make this happen. And um,
1: it worked. At 30, you go to New York, And what happens?
0: I moved to New York strictly to be a DJ. I moved to New York, like I'm just going to go try to just become the biggest and the best DJ I could be in the biggest and the best city in the world and let's see what happens. Five years into that, four years into that, I had um, this epiphany that's like kind of like I had a midlife crisis moment at 34, 35 where I was like, holy crap, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. I mean, (laughs) I don't not want to do it, but I don't want to be relying on it. Right. And then how am I going to create a family? How am I going to create sanity within my household? How am I going to provide when I'm 55 or 60? But I started yeah. just kind of like re-figuring uh, out how I approach my personal brand, how I work with other people who either are brands or have brands or work for brands. And then that just led to um, so much stuff.
1: I think branding is such a like critical
0: component. It's the most important thing. Yeah, get. It's more important than your talent, I mean I would argue to some people it's more important than your morals Uh, you know I try to do both you know but it's like the the branding is the most important thing I feel
1: like with DJing you're able to like pull out sound bites and you can kind of like associate your name with like big Mm -hmm. musicians and it's a way to kind of like I guess associate your brand with their brand which is already totally and so that and that's
0: how I was able to get myself to New York so for me it was like I was on the radio in Cleveland right and um it was. This is why I don't think this would have happened for me had I been born in New York City. When you when you come to Cleveland, if you're a, a record label, an artist, or whatever you were, you had to deal with me because I was on the radio every day. I did every hot club. I did all the mixtapes. Like I was just, like if you if you wanted to make an impression in, in the northern half of Ohio or even the whole Ohio, you had to like sadly come hang out with me. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got to the point where I would just literally tell these labels I'm really lazy. I would tell them, "If you want me to meet your artist, you got to meet me at House of Blues." Then tell them I lived above it. <laughs> I just, like, you know, they, I was like I'm sure the artist will love the food. You know, that you know, so we would have have all these meet and greets there. And then it got to the point where, "All right, if you want me to meet your artist and maybe play the song on the radio, you need to come upstairs to my studio and record a, a freestyle for me, or record some drops, or host a mixtape, or whatever." And you know, that's something for them. It would take them 15 minutes, but for me like all these people were just coming through the, mar- the market and giving me all this material that nobody else had in my in my entire region and That's sometimes true. in a country. Yeah, yeah. And I, for them, they were just like, cool man, You're nice. you seem like a nice guy, I'll come upstairs and record this stuff for you. And then they would win, because I played a song on the radio. For and sure. then from that, I was able to really, um, to your point, create a regional brand based on what I had access to with these artists.
1: What's so interesting too is like, when I think about uh, business, like, just in general as a whole. Mm -hmm. I see, like, so many people have unique content that they create, whether it's Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart doing their video thing, to a DJ creating content. And it always comes back to, like, content creation. No matter who it is, no matter what the business is, there's always that content creation component that is so important. And so, like, when I was thinking about you, it was like, I took off like the DJ side of it and then I, I like put on just like the entrepreneur hat. Yeah, It was like, well, you just were creating this unique mm-hmm. content to help you just generate your brand and elevate your brand and bring more awareness to it. And also obviously like we talked about, like associating yourself with like these hot new artists but at the end of the day, it's funny because like it, it always comes back to content creation,
0: right? And it's so funny because it was before all of these things that people talk about. If you open up any issue Fast Company or Entrepreneur or Anchor yeah. or whatever it is right now, every buzzword that's in these magazines we've been all doing for hundreds of years—it right. just didn't have the name. For me, you know, I kind of realized that early on, and I also realized, to your point, um, and this happened for me about five years ago, and I had like like kind of like my. Say it was my, my midlife crisis, but I definitely hope it wasn't my midlife. Come on, yeah, go past seven uh, my, third <laughs> my third life third. crisis. I changed the whole mental perspective of what it is that I do. And like I said, I moved to New York to strictly DJ, right? And then when I started trying to figure out everything else, I realized, well, why? I, one day I kind of was sitting at home, and I'm like, damn, I only DJ two, three nights a week, a couple hours a night. Why do I have no time for anything? Right And how is that possible because I'm only working eight hours a week, nine hours a week, and then I started like thinking about my life like I've always managed my own career, done my own publicity, I've done my own brand management, I've done all my own relationship sourcing relationship maintenance, you know you know I've done all these things are like things that most people have two or three people doing for them on a high level, so they could focus on being the talent or the artist and I've been doing that my whole life without knowing that like that was a thing and so I'm like, wait, like, I'm literally like really good at this. So I started rethinking about how I approach every day. I stopped thinking about my mindset of like, oh, I'm a DJ. I started realizing, well, hey, that's just my product. That's just my my app, my website, my shirt, whatever it is. like that's the, the stuff I'm selling. Mm-hmm. And I just also happen to be the guy to show up and do it. But my real job was, what did I do those other 40 to 50 hours a week when I was sitting at the computer and taking a meeting or flying to this or doing press or, or, or working with brands. Like, and, and that, to me, changed my whole perspective. And that set me apart even further because then I started to um, be known as somebody who was entrepreneurial in nature, which is truly, in fact, what I was. And right. when, when you start, A, putting it out there that that's what you are, as well as internally realizing that that's what you are, so many things opened up for you. And that was like probably the best thing that ever happened in my career was realizing that that's really what I am. I've been, you know, an entrepreneur since I was in college and didn't, this is again, yeah, uh, yeah. nobody was saying that.
1: How do you, because for me, and I know so many other entrepreneurs, like building your personal brand is so hard because you're so close to yourself. Yeah. So yeah. you have to take that third party perspective and like come outside of yourself and like look back at your brand. Like, do you have any tips that you, uh, that work well for you or do you have people you talk to or get feedback from? If you can look at a guy who's like a celebrity in like the the,
0: the, the tech world or like the, the VC world, and like, but they get a lot of press now because they're cool. And you take a guy that's like a celebrity in music and then you take a guy that's like kind of like a, male like model actor kind of like fashion type dude like i'm none of those things but i'm all of those things yeah really, really. so i was able to pull like i'm never going to be the best at any of those things but i could be really really great at doing all of those things yeah so i was just like i could pull a little from here and i could pull a little from here and i could pull a little from here and, a from here and put it all on the pot and then find out like how, how does that formula that i created authentic to me and tweak it yeah. so it's still representing who I am at that point and also who I am now. Like not who I am five years ago and who knows who I'm, who I'm going to be in five years from now. Right. But as long as it is remotely close to who I am right now, it's, it's you know, I feel really good about it. You're
1: 34, 35, you change your whole brand mm-hmm. and then what happens? Like you start... Everything. I have everything
0: changed. Um, so many opportunities started coming in the door that would have never came in. When I was, because also keep in mind, I was previously primarily only known as a hip hop DJ. Right. So, and I still play ninety five percent hip hop, but all my gigs or hip hop influenced things like funk, R and B, soul, you know, For but sure. it's like yeah, things yeah. that fall in that diaspora of that yeah. world, which is my heart. But removing the branding of that and allowing me to kind of like start fresh, it was just eye opening because I was able to cherry pick the best of everything I had done previous to that but jettison all the stuff that I did just to pay the bills right? and it's like starting a brand new company. It's it's almost like when you when you see a startup and they're like, and they don't know too much about it, but they're like, you know, former execs from Google and Facebook and a professor from HBS and all that stuff and you're <laughs> yeah. just like, you'll read it, you want to know yeah. because you have like that stuff. So I was able to be like, yeah, you know, if you don't know me, because I didn't want you to Google Mick Boogie and see that I did some party in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee at a college, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like nobody, yeah. that's not going to help me. So I'm, I'm grateful for everything I ever did, whether it was like the cheapest, freest thing to the best thing I ever did because it got me to that moment. Right. But I wanted to be able to like pick and choose the best of everything that ever happened to me in my life and tell that story in a, in a more concise you know, way. Yeah. That, and, and it worked.
1: How did you leverage those opportunities? Did you reach out or were people reaching out to both, you? Or? Uh, grind, man. Yeah. Don't yeah, sleep. yeah,
0: yeah. I, 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 my wife will tell you, I like, yeah. don't sleep. Even when I'm sleeping, I'm not sleeping. Yeah. My, my kid comes in my office and sits on my lap, and like we, you know, I got two monitors and we put Elmo up on one, and yeah. I got the email going on the other. And For it's sure. just like, I gotta, it works, you know, it's a unique way of parenting. <laughs> we were both happy. Yeah. You know, and, and I'll be happy when he moves on from Elmo. But you know, <laughs> Elmo, Elmo's all right. I mean, But um, there's worse. There's 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 a lot worse. Trust me, dude. There's a lot (laughs) worse. I can show you this some videos I have to watch every night. But he loves them. But you know it's it's a you know it's a relationship game. It's a treat people well game, and it's a see what comes back to you when you treat people well. And I would much rather be human to people and be completely authentic to my brand to people and see what comes back versus like lie and cheat and screw people over. And the best things that have ever happened to me have happened through somebody I met that knew somebody else who knew somebody else. Then somebody's like, yeah, you should come do this. You should come meet this person. And that person is like life changing, game changing opportunities. But it's just because, you know, I credit my my Midwest roots for a lot of this too. Not saying people from other places don't have morals, like they do. But like for me, like that's just that genuineness that, that I was raised into
1: and so how did you transition then into I guess like the next evolution which mm-hmm. is the angel investing um, how did you get into that or like when did that come about
0: What well, I started my peer group changed when I started redefining who I am and thinking of myself as entrepreneur first DJ second yeah yeah And so my friends went from all DJs and rappers to like guys that are big execs at ad companies or, yeah. or people who are in VC or, or people who are just like just creative other people that aren't in my world. And I just changed my relationships and it changed my perspective so much. And these were guys who, we were all so similar, but we all just chose different things in, in, in life to, to, to express our creativity, to express our entrepreneurship. And this is just kind of like what I chose. So from that point on, I was just like, wait, there's a lot of money over here. People aren't getting. Like, why can't I go to like all these big companies that where I'm? I, will, I honestly would have been one of those people if, if, if DJing didn't work out for me. With my educational background and the way my mind works, I would have just went over and worked for one of those companies. So yeah, it's just like let me try to go over here and, and, and try to do this stuff because no one, no one's touching that. And from that point. You know, it just that created more relationships and more relationships at a point that, oh, you should know this person. You should know this person because we like how your mind works. And then I was like, oh, you know, I really like what you're doing. How can I help you? Oh, all right, cool. You have a chance of maybe, you, you, I really like you. Let me help you, but let me not just help you by writing a check, but let me help you by offering my relationships and my expertise. Right. And I built, you know, again, this went back to the mind, mind, you know, mindset or skill set. like. I, there we go again with yeah, yeah. right that like I was able to create a really successful business based off of just like how I interpret branding and marketing and all that so you know what maybe you've built the best app for this or the best widget for that but maybe you're not good at that well listen to me you know, you don't have to listen to me. But like if I'm gonna write you a check, you have to. Well, you, if I write you a check, you got to at least listen to me. You might not do it, but you have to answer the call, right? Yeah. And I was like, I like that. Yeah. And I mean, nobody else listens to me in my life. So it's as as I have to. Like, it's, like in the, it's like in the deal. So um, it was great. And then what I found was I can actually add a lot of value to people. I can just whether it's with insight or relationships or, or creativity or, or, or And I got addicted to it. Yeah, and It's a great, you know, it's a great thing, and, and it's just like, and then from that point on, it's like, you know, I just, I stay doing a lot of that to the point that i probably in five years, hopefully have my own fun. Yeah. That's the goal, you nice. know, to your amazing audience. Yeah. Let's get those checks in. <laughs> no, no, but like, uh, no, I think that's like a very, you know, realistic thing for me in five years to do. Like, it's going to be named after my son, like his name's Miles. It's going to be Milestone Ventures. Like, it's like uh, I, it's, I have it all, yeah. it's already, it's already manifesting, you know, it's yeah, all up yeah, on yeah. a board in my house, like, you know, it's great. Well. What was your first investment? Um, it was—it's great story actually. So it was this photo app that was based in Portland, um, and it was a—excuse me—it was a diary app. Okay. That sucked. Like I didn't know too much at the time, and I, but the kid was great who, who started it, and I'm like I really believed in him, and I'm a huge—it's for me it's always people, people, people first, right. and every every astute angel investor or. VC uh, guy will tell you that. Like it's people over ideas. And sure. if not, you know, I mean, you could win the other way around, but ideas are gonna come and go, but the, the people are the ones that are gonna like, you know, steer the ship.
1: So like when you're actually like assessing a potential investment opportunity, mm-hmm. you said it's all about the, the, the entrepreneur itself. Do you have like other, um attributes or investing. Well, or yeah, I mean obviously like
0: you can't just be like, you know yeah. you can't just be like the nicest person in the world who took like a really bad idea. Right. You have to have like a decent idea or preferably a decent pedigree or, you know, history behind you. You have to have some other people who are potentially investing that that I that I respect. You know, things things along that lines, you know. I have to just also just believe in the idea. Right. Like, you yeah. know, not maybe you know, I didn't realize the first time that you know I, I guess I, my, my idea filter was a little less refined than it is now so I like to see obviously what, what people are working on and then also I'm a big believer in branding as, you, as we talked about earlier and yeah. I just need to know that you get that because if you get that you're 95% ahead of the game. If right. you don't, sometimes there's so many great ideas. It's like, you know, you you can trick people into thinking your idea is better than it is if it looks great. Yeah. yeah. Then you give you, it back, what that does, that buys you more time to refine your idea and change it and, and, and pivot it if you have to. But people are gonna believe, you know, a lot more in your brand just based on the aesthetics of it and the, and the impression of it.
1: You're in New York and it's obviously a great area for startups and yeah. entrepreneurship like, and you do a lot of, you talk to a lot of different people, startup grinds, stuff like that. Um, mm. I mean, I'm, I'm
0: familiar with different like, organizations I and I don't do as much as, I should probably do more.
1: Okay. I was going to ask, do you consistently go out and, and do talks X amount of times per month or is it like...
0: Um, not necessarily in the startup space. I, when I, when yeah. I go out and do talks, I do talks more on like personal branding stuff or okay. and, like, you know, cultivating your creativity things along that nature
1: and those are with uh, like uh... they could
0: be with schools they could be with brands you know I did uh, a conference last year or excuse me this year in, in Mexico for a really amazing ad agency uh, called Mechanism and they had me come down and speak to them about creativity and process and how to like kind of like cultivate your life in a creative way which I've been able to do and I did that in the morning but then at so, night I, I did a party for them uh, so like, in yeah. Mexico like on the beach it was amazing right and I was just like you know, I was like, this isn't, a, it just, it made me realize everything in my life is like exactly where it's supposed to be. Where I could come down, talk to you in the morning right. about all this stuff, about how my mind works and how I was able to cultivate this life. And then at night, I can go show you, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, And, yeah. and, and then, cool. you know, all these people are coming at the end of the night, like, I absolutely see how you just took all this stuff you were talking about at 12 hours ago and just, you know, showed it. And they, people, when they, when they, would, if they didn't hear that before they heard me, they wouldn't have understood yeah. it. And I was like, that's cool. So that's that. That's something I'm trying to do more now, too.
1: That's really cool. Yeah. It's like the the experience of... Because who can do both? Like, I don't know a lot of people that yeah, can do no, both. I don't know. And that just, goes back to my point. It's like, I don't know DJs that are able to even bridge that gap. Like, yeah. I don't know of any other DJs that are working with Fortune 500 brands and doing the stuff that you're doing, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I
0: mean, and I have people call me, like, literally, like, hey, you know, people... I'll be on conference calls with people that are like way above my pay grade but people just picking my brain for like thoughts and advice on their campaigns or what do you think, or you know the space. And you know, it's like, you know, monetizing that is is the important part of all that. Because everyone wants to know how you you think. And and it's like, but that's a skill. Yeah. It's It's not free.
1: Well, actually that's a good, that's a good point. Cause I get that too. Like I get people calling and asking and talking to different businesses. So how do you, do you just tell them, hey, this is my consulting fee or this is what I typically charge per hour for those types of conversations? I mean, I just feel
0: it out, you know, what's yeah, the bigger yeah. picture, what's the brand, what else are they doing? Like, okay, cool, I'll help you with this, but maybe you can help me with this. Or or it could be a strictly financial thing or it could be like the thing I described where it's like, I'll come in and talk to you guys, but then we'll get a party in or like, you know, it. it's all situational, like what, yeah, are, yeah. what are they doing? Because everybody has something they have to offer.
1: This has been awesome. Um, do you have any upcoming projects that you want to talk about? Or?
0: Um, yeah, lots of cool stuff. Uh, I just did two new uh, investments that I'm really excited about. One is a company called Barber Surgeon's Guild. Uh, they're based here, and they're kind of doing a lot of really cool, unique things in the men's grooming space, in the nice. men's hair care space, so I'm really excited for that. Um, I just invested in a company called Wink W-I-N-C, which is a uh, basically like a wine subscription service okay. that really focuses on amazing user-friendly experience, really great design, really great, you know. You, you look at where, where everything is with, with like Casper and Warby Parker and all that. They're essentially doing that for the wine industry, okay. which is- I'm, I just drink way too much wine, and, and, and I really fell in love with their brand, and, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was a great. So they're, they're and they're crushing it right now already. Um, so I'm really excited for that. I and feel now, like I've heard right And now, um, you'll, you, now that you, you'll hear, you'll see it times yeah. yeah, now, no, I just told you that. Yeah, yeah. I, then I see it all the time. It. Yeah. Now I drink way too much wine. Yeah, uh, which is great. My wife loves it, so it's nice. <laughs> um, what else? I'm working on a really cool um, concept of podcast series that I'm going to turn into a book, kind of like bridging. I, I call it like fast company culture meets complex culture. Uh, that's the epicenter of where my life is at and there's so many great things like how we just talked about today like that could go on about this stuff and I have so many great people that I know that I just want to have these dialogues with them so that's going to be great. Hopefully that turns into like like a book tour. I just love and I love my, I am really lucky. to do it. I like going and playing music for people. I'm grateful people hire me to do it. I love when, I love talking to people. I love sharing my story. I love inspiring people. It sounds cheesy
1: no, nah. I do. You know? I think that's, yeah, 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 I the do too. It's
0: just like I, I love it, and, and and I love that people care enough to want
1: me to do it. For sure. So, yeah, that's awesome. All. Appreciate Dude. it. pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe, and go to andrewmetal.com dot com for all the exclusive lessons, behind the scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode.